Welcome to Season 4 of the Director's Club Podcast, exclusively for Child Care Center owners and directors. I'm your host, Noelle Dentino, ex-corporate girl turned Child Care Center owner 18 years ago. I share business tips, tools, and resources to help you build enrollment, retain your best teachers, and get your center operating just how you want it. In Season 4, I'm dedicating it to people, our teams, our customers, and our community. Subscribe to this podcast to get reminders of all the good things coming your way to strengthen your relationships with your people. Let's dig in. Hey there, it's Noelle from the Directors Club. Connecting with other child care center directors in the early education field is so important. Whether you're doing this through large trainings or memberships or workshops or just connecting with another director in your community. And as we share our stories and experiences, we can have big aha moments, solve a problem, feel like you're supported, just connect. Sometimes that's just huge when we meet other early education directors. Today, I'm happy to bring a guest to the podcast who I think you're going to love connecting with. Veronica Green is an early childhood consultant and mentor with 10 years of experience in the early years profession, nurturing children from infancy to school age through play. She's the founder of Cultivating Confidence, Early Years Consultancy, where she inspires educators from all over the world through her blog and resources to bring the magic of loose parts into their settings, changing our perspective on behavior with collaborative strategies, and curating learning environments that are filled with wonder and curiosity. Veronica offers a variety of opportunities for professional development for teams in ECEs online and locally in Winnipeg MB, is a keynote speaker and is an executive member of the Manitoba Regio. I love that. (laughs) She is a lifelong learner and an advocate of children who are differently wired. You can learn more about Veronica and all that she offers at cultivatingconfidence.ca. Now, if you head into my show notes, you will have all the links to get to Veronica. You have to go to her website because she's got a lot of downloads that are pretty cool. And we've already started implementing a few of them at our child care center. Are you ready to dig in? Let's do this. This is Noelle from the Directors Club, and today I have a special guest, which is something special that I do on my podcast every so often when I run across somebody in early education that I just love and connect with. And I met Veronica. We didn't actually meet, but I took one of her classes last January, and we stayed connected, and I'm excited to share her story with you today and what she offers early education and really is a huge benefit to our teachers and to our students. So welcome, Veronica. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. So tell me, why don't you tell all of us who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Veronica Green. You may also know me sometimes in a different, I guess, a few years ago, I went by Ronnie. A lot of time, like Ronnie's preschool. So that was my name online. I switched it to Cultivating Confidence just, I don't know, I guess about a year ago. So you can call me Ronnie as well. I'll answer to either. So I am an early childhood consultant and mentor, and I've been doing this, I guess, I guess officially since 2017. But before that, I was also an educator. I've worked with children from infancy all the way to school age. 
Um, I was assistant director for a large program as well. And so I helped support 16 staff when there was four different rooms, help them with their planning and documentation, all of that fun stuff. It was quite the experience there. And then I decided to run my own accredited day home as well. So I did that for about two years when I, we had our child and then we just fell into the consulting full time and I love it. So I have experience with working in large centers, small centers, day homes, leadership roles. So I've got a vast experience and throughout that, when I was running my day home, when that's when everything changed and my son plays a big role in that. So I'm also a mom to an artistic seven-year-old son as well. And so he was 18 months when I opened up my day home and there was a lot of behaviors I didn't understand. I'd promise all these things to the families and the children that joined the program, what I was going to do. And then I spent most of my time managing behaviors and not knowing what to do a lot of the time. Yeah. And a lot of my time was spent on trying to figure things out. And so I felt like I wasn't upliving to the promises that I had said. So during this time, this is when I started to dive into loose parts play, sensory processing, and the Reggio Emilio approach. And so I dove into all of that, kind of just happened. I had to learn about sensory processing to understand our son, to be able to become more proactive instead of reactive with the behaviors. Loose parts play changed the way I planned and responded to children's interests because I was overworked, burnt out, planning stuff till nine o'clock at night. And, and then the Reggio Emilio approach just really helped me see children and my role differently and really create a vision for what kind of educator I wanted to be. And so I went from probably going to leave the, leave the profession to being revitalized and excited. And it has sustained me for years. And I finally I got that. to, sorry. I, say, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I finally got to create the program that I wanted. We got to have the flow that I was looking for. The children were happier. I was happier. Yeah. It wasn't like rainbows, but it was, we were working towards something that was much better. So I love that. Um, yeah, and I don't know if you know this about me, but my daughter is, she, they always say she's on the line of being autistic. And I opened my center when she was three. And I thought her, and she was perfect, literally perfect until she turned three. And then her birthday, it turned, it all went downhill. <laughs> and oh, what I say is perfect is no blips, no nothing. Yeah. And then she turned into this hyperactive, sensory seeking, socially struggling child. And I opened my daycare. I was like, oh my God, it was such a struggle. And I love it that, I love that about your story because when you have a consultant, that has not only experience in small centers, being a teacher, being in a home child care center, and then being a mom of a child that needs mm -hmm. some extra support. That is, I have goosebumps right now because it's so, I love it because whatever you offer to people is going to be so helpful because it comes from such a good experience. And then what kind of classroom you want for your child to be yeah. in. And then you're really cultivating that throughout early ed. So I love that. That's such a great, that's so yeah. great here. I am, I am so grateful to my son yeah. that he, I was just talking with my sister about it as well the other day. I really feel like I finally have found the words to be able to express like why I'm so grateful for my son. But it's like he opened my eyes and he allowed me to see the status quo because he made me. 
And yes, so exactly. I was finally able to see it. And then I went, okay, now I understand it. And so I could figure out how to make something work for our son, because there's, there is a lot of judgment and there's a lot of shame and that duality of being an educator and a parent is very interesting. Yeah, exactly. My kid was the kid that was slapping me across the face at pick up and drop off. And I'm going, how are these parents going to trust me when my child is the one that's doing these things? But they did. I was very transparent. I was very honest. And I said, we're trying to figure it out. And they saw the early intervention programs coming in. They saw everybody trying to help us. Like we were working towards it. And I was just very honest with them. Yeah. Even honest with the children too. Oh, exactly. They were like, Ronnie, are you okay? And I would be like, no, I'm not. Exactly. I'm having a hard I'm time not. today and that's okay, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And they were like, oh, okay. Instead of yes. hiding it, being human. Exactly. So much more and impactful. Totally agree. I started the director's club because of my daughter, because I didn't realize I wasn't in the field and I didn't realize all the issues in early ed and that you didn't learn the business side of it and the leadership side and the operation side. And so I, that's my background. I don't have a background in early ed. I went to school after and, and I'm like, what can I do to help a director get more efficient so she can get back in the classroom more and do and implement these things that you're teaching so that children can thrive and teachers can be yeah. less stressed. So I love that. That's so well, great. That, yeah. That's where I feel like I really want to try to cultivate. This is why I use these words, cultivate. And yes. all this stuff. I really want to cultivate relationships with directors and for directors to see consultants like myself as like, we're here to help you and support you. Yeah. I am not just about fulfilling professional development hours. That is not, that's a requirement, but like, I want to help you in your everyday role and your educators. And so when we work together, we yeah. can, that. I can help you be pro more proactive and I can help your educators try to understand behaviors. And that's where professional development and your orientation and all of that, like, finding the right consultant that can help work with you to create yeah. for you can put your vision into practice. What do you want as a director? What are you wanting with your children, with your educators and your families? So that big picture vision and being able to put it into practice and consultants are here to help for that. That's, exactly. That's how I see my role as. <laughs> I agree. And I feel like all these years, I've been doing this for 18 years now. It's just, oh, they go and get their 20 hours in mass or their 15 or their 30, whatever they have to get. And it's not like a strategic plan of how can I benefit from this? They're just like, oh, I found a workshop for $27. Oh, I found this workshop online. And you just, it, I don't think it works that way. And it's funny because another reason why we're connecting even more is mm -hmm. the directors in my director's club, we've been talking and we've had to hire young assistant teachers because we can't find the qualified. And last year I doubled the size of my center and I had to bring in 14 new teachers wow. and seven of them have never been in the field. Yeah. So they're all now have gone back. They, that was part of their path was to go to college, get licensed. And so they're in that. As a director, we want to do everything we can to support our teams. And so what do you suggest? Like, how do we pick professional development for our teachers? Okay. So I have a few different things I want yeah. to make sure. I'm going to put two fingers up because I have two points. So hopefully I remember what both I'll remember. <laughs> okay. I really want to mention that I think it's really important to be proactive. Professional development is not something that we think about six months down the road. Yes. That we hope that they'll still be here by then. I believe that professional development is a tool. You got to create a toolbox for your team and it needs to be based on 
where they're at. We need to see educators as individual team collectively, but also as individuals. When it comes to choosing professional development, I think the best thing to do is utilize your reflective practice and start taking 15, 20 minutes and journal around what's going well with your team, what's not going well with your team, what are their strengths, yes. individual strengths, what are their interests, and what are their areas of support? You have to know what that is individually and as a collective. So then you can start to see like, where are, where, what can we utilize? Where are the gaps mm -hmm. as well? Okay. And I also think it's really important to, to have your team involved in that. Ask okay. them to fill out, like I fill out a sheet that's, what do they think the team strengths are? Get the feedback from them. This should be co-constructed together. Yes. That's also how you create that community and culture that you're looking for in your team. And if you did that right from day one, that would be huge. What do you think your strengths are? Because they don't know what the rest of the team is. But on the other side of that, as you said, we have staff that are coming in right from the get-go that don't have any childhood development knowledge at all, maybe just from experience, from being a child and maybe from being a parent. And I don't want to not value that because being a parent and being an educator is different, but there's also a lot of similarities too. We want to respect that and value the experience that they do bring to the center as well. So the other thing I would suggest is to bring professional development right in from the get-go. Like a lot yeah. of the time we do orientation where you do the handbook, you do a center tour, policies and procedures, regulations, maybe a little, what's your planning time? Hopefully they're getting that. Sometimes that gets done and then maybe they spend a day or two in a class with another teacher and then they're like, off they go. Yes. But I think there's a lot of gaps there. And I actually created, it's a free thing. It's called the earlier starter kit. Oh, and cool. so it's professional development for directors to use part of the orientation process within the first 30 days. Cool. Where do they the get starting. that? So they can just get it right off my website. At, oh, cool. Yeah. It's on the I'll 14, it's on the four teams page. Okay. Yeah. So there's like a menu at the top. If you just click four teams, cool. then you'll see it way, way at the bottom. I think it is. I can get you the directing too. Yeah. I but love so, that. I love yeah. that because it's like, you're so right. It's like we bring them in and teach them the basics of coming in, but then, and then we say, oh, here's the professional development, like hours <laughs> that you have to meet, but we don't come up with something they should take out of the gate. Now at my center, I do like within a month, they do come in the office and we, what are your goals? And we kind of yes. work through that, but I like your plan of doing that. That's a great idea. Yeah. And so I find the biggest gaps for whether you're experienced or a, a novice to this profession as well, is that the three, there's a couple big things that get educators to leave very quickly, right? Yep. One is behaviors because they're very overwhelming. They're very unique to each child and they can be very exhausting as well. Planning, not knowing how to plan or hopefully they're getting planning time. Hopefully they don't have to do outside of work hours. I know that's not always possible at every center as well. And then I think there's also a key thing missing that I wish I had known right from the get-go. And that's about sensory processing um, and how important that is for all children, whether they have additional supports or not. All of us have sensory systems and they have to develop just like the learning domains. And actually 
sensory systems need to be, you can't, you have to be regulated, right? You can't mm -hmm. learn language. You can't learn your social skills. You can't do the problem solving and building towers if you're not regulated. And that's part of sensory processing. And that's what we experienced with our son. He was not able to engage. He did cry all the time. He wasn't able to do and develop like the other children because he was so dysregulated all the time. So I had to understand what those behaviors meant through his senses and make simple easy accommodations in the environment to help him stay regulated and be able to engage in the environment as well. And so in that earlier starter kit, those are the three things that I have very specifically curated information on those three areas. So like loose parts or a little bit loose parts slash planning behaviors and sensory processing. And over those first 30 days, it would give them really practical strategies how to implement into the classroom as well. We can't just stop at, okay, you've had a tour for two days and then yeah. off you go. That happened to me and it's very overwhelming. Happens all the time, every day yeah. at every center. It really and does. I, I don't blame directors, yeah. but this is where this relationship with finding a consultant or a professional learning consultant that can help you integrate professional development into your orientation process, into what the six month check, your annual check, like how do we use professional development to support our staff, keep our staff and become proactive instead of, oh, we're struggling with all of these behaviors. It's been three months. Let's go find a workshop that can't happen for two more months. Yes. And then how do we do that? So it's very reactive. So we know there's going to be behaviors. We know educators are going to struggle with it. We know that, right? Yeah. So let's build it into the onboarding process as well. That's such a great tool because then I'm thinking of teachers that I've talked to throughout the years. And just recently actually was talking to someone that was like, I'm looking for a behavior class because everything we've ever taken doesn't work. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and so maybe if they e even just like little things, think of the float that comes in covering lunches that can never like, just doesn't get control, doesn't get that consistency in a room. So it doesn't learn the skill in the classroom and to give that to her right out of the gate, those yeah. skills that she could practice. I love that. I do. It's very, yeah. It's very empowering mm. and you're going to give some confidence to your educators yeah. as well. This is why I've called my consulting business cultivating confidence. It's about, it's about empowering. It's about listening. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions of what people think confidence is. And people think it's about knowing the answers and knowing exactly what to do. And that can be further from the truth. Confidence yeah. is about being comfortable with uncomfortableness. Exactly. Being willing to ask the questions and being willing to strategically and intentionally move forward through whatever you're experiencing yeah. and trust that you are going to be able to figure it out. And so that's something that we have to, myself included, have to continuously work on. Yes. So that's why I kind of the cultivating confidence. So I love that because that's one of my goals this year is actually with my, my school and with the director's club is building classroom confidence. Isn't that yeah. funny? <laughs> that's, and that's why another reason why I reached out to you, because I think that you're right. Okay. That things don't work out. Try something different. It's okay to ask for help, ask for a break, all those things. But when we're looking for professional development, start out of the gate and then continue looking for things that can help you. Yeah. So tell me, I was on your website before you, you offer team courses. So what's the benefit of taking like the same class across the center when you have infants all the way through pre-K? What would be the benefit? So I guess 
I can only speak to myself on how I do team sure. workshops, but there is the general aspects of it that it's a unified message as well. Yeah. Everybody. So there's no, don't like if we just send two educators to a workshop and then they bring it back, they're only going to take in mm. only so much of that information. And then what happens when we play telephone, <laughs> the message yeah. gets misconstrued, misconstrued, diluted, right? Change. They interpret it differently. So when we have the whole team come together, there's going to be a unified message, but also it's also creating that community and that culture that you're looking for that mm -hmm. you do want to work together. I also think it's important. I know for myself, when I do a team workshop, I always have a little mini meeting with the director beforehand, because I want to know specifically what is your team struggling with? I don't like to do cookie cutter workshops. Yeah. Yep. I will, if once I hear the stories and their struggles, I will go back into my experience or talk with other consultants and I will get specific stories, that practicality along with ideas and strategies that will work for the struggles that they have right now, for the problems that they have. So I curate it that way to be yeah. more specific. I don't just show up and do the exact same thing every time because it's just not beneficial. And then Two, I think for when you do team workshops, I think it's really important to have a discussion and reflective piece, especially for your team to sit in small groups and discuss and have that conversation and that dialogue because it shows that you value what your educators bring. Their experience is important. And it also creates safe opportunities for them to talk. I know a lot of educators are very hesitant to share about their experiences. I think it comes from this idea that we're going to get it wrong or yeah. maybe we're not good enough. So that's, and I want to create, I think it's important to have those opportunities for people to share and know that it's valued what they learned that day in that class. Because you don't know another team member might get so much out of hearing what happened or just relating that you had a tough day and I had a tough day in a different classroom. Exactly. I also think it. I've done a bunch with my team and it's also kicking off a staff meeting by saying, we're going to talk about the training that we all just took, yeah. be open, feel free to speak. But I also think that it shows leaders in your in the school. Some teachers will rise up and be able to provide feedback to people that are mentoring and mm -hmm. need to learn more. And I think that when you do a training like this and then you're carrying it into the staff meetings, I think for a while, if that's going to be yeah. part of your culture, that it like connects you. So the next day when you're seeing it in action, like a director can say, look at you, yeah. look what you just did or, and praise them however way they share praise at their center. So I think that is, I think that's so great. What else, what, what frequency do you feel that, that a group training should happen at a childcare center? That's a tough question because that obviously going to be based on a center's budget and what that looks like. If, it depends on every place has different regulations to how many hours professional development. Oh they yeah. Do. Yeah. I would say if you, I would say if you can find a way to do half of the hours as team hours and oh, then yeah. half as individual, I think that would be pretty ideal. But if that doesn't yeah. work for your budget, then obviously you need to, you need to allocate it somehow. Um, but depending on when you do team professional development, I know for myself, I always provide like a workbook that goes along with the workshop. And oh, so there's always reflective questions in there. 
So you can use those in staff meetings after, and then there's always additional resources. So if you have a trainer come, ask them, can you provide a few extra additional resources like articles, YouTube videos that might supplement this? And then you can continue to use that as well to keep putting that, trying to put that information into practice too, right? I love that you give them reflective questions because I think directors are so busy too. And I've been in places where the staff meeting is going to be that night and the director's just working on the agenda. So to even, to add those questions is a huge benefit to a director because then she doesn't have to think about it. Yeah. And she's going to get great questions coming, following up on a course that she took with your organization. I love that. Now I know that you have a professional library. What is that? How does that benefit directors? Okay. So I actually really love the professional development or the digital PD library is what I call it. So based on my feedback and my research and everything that I've learned about, especially from these last couple of years and the need to go a lot online. Hmm. I've always been doing online training for a long time and pre-recorded stuff as well. So the digital PD library is it's self-paced online learning for your entire early years team. So you could choose one workshop, you pay one fee and your entire early years team can take it. And you could choose to do it on zoom as a group, you can share the screen. So it's a pre-recorded workshop. And so you can do it on Zoom as a group. You could, if you have a projector and screen, you could do it at your center. But here's the other cool thing is that you can also have everybody do it individually at their own time because it's all online. It's accessible on any device and you get 90 days access to it. Oh, wow. So lots of time because I truly believe that professional development is the most effective when it aligns with a person's time and energy. Yes. (laughs) If you are exhausted and you sit in front of a workshop and you might retain what, 10% of it. That's even if you're fully engaged, because it's a lot of information sometimes to take in. Yes. And the beauty of online recorded webinars during that time, you could watch it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Just children need to repeat, repeat to learn. So do we as educators. Right. Now, I also know that we are moms, parents, caregivers. Sometimes we may sit down to watch a training. Guess what? 15 minutes later, our child needs us or somebody needs us and we can't get back to it for the rest of the night. And sometimes that could be your only time to access it. And then you don't get to actually engage in the professional development. So with having this extended period of time, you would have, you could do it in chunks. You could do 20 minutes here, 15 minutes here, 30 minutes, or you could do it in one hour, one hour, depending on how long the workshop is. So it gives that more of that flexibility to work within your team's individual needs as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I and love then, that you could say to them, oh, we at the next staff meeting in 30 days, have this watched. And then yeah. we're going to have a group discussion and then break out in small group, like you suggested. Yeah. I think that's so beneficial. Yeah. That's amazing. And what kind of topics do you have? So there are topics on loose parts for beginners. There's an entire like supporting sensory needs workshop, solving behaviors together, planning provocation. One of my, the crowd favorites is loose parts, schemas, behaviors, oh my. That's a fun one. Yeah, that's a pretty popular one. Planning cycle. Oh, cool. And like all of these workshops, they always include a workbook or some other additional resource that's very practical, something they can use in 
the classroom during their planning time to help them during those things, whatever it is, there's practical resources in there. I don't just like to create information. I like to make sure that there is something they can use every day in their roles as well. And then I know that directors not are always the most tech savvy. Not everybody is <laughs> even educators. So I've created like made easy director made easy resources to help directors implement the workshops into their centers. So they don't just purchase it and forget about it and go, oh, we only have two weeks left. Yeah. We've forgotten about it. So like there's a welcome video for directors, welcome video for educators. Like I give you a checklist of what to do so that you know what to do with your staff. There's even like swipe copy email. So you can onboard oh, wow. your team. If the password needs to be changed, I've given you an email that you can copy for that. That's your super team. easy. I, I'm trying. That's why I said yes. director made easy work because I know you guys are yes. busy. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I think my job is to not just provide professional training. It's also support you and understand your day and yeah. how can I make it a little bit easier for you? And yeah, and then they would get their certificates automatically. There's even like digital tracking to see where your team is at and even printable because not everybody likes digital stuff. So yeah, I've yeah. given all the tools and the yeah. trainings to help with that as well. So that sounds really easy. And I, my, yeah. one of the things I also like that you said a few minutes ago was that you don't just create a workbook to create a workbook. You create a workbook that they can implement in the classroom and you were a teacher before. So you know what they need yeah. and you have this special skill to teach teachers about behaviors and all the things with children. And that's so helpful because I love it when a teacher walks away with something they can actually use. Yeah. Some resource to support the theory and the process. Yes. I, my, as people say, special sauce, my special sauce is being able to take theory mm -hmm. and make it exciting and you be able to see it, how it plays out in your practice with like storytelling examples, all of that. That that's my ability. I can take the boring theory yeah. and be able to put it into practice and make it exciting and in very easy consumable ways and ways that you're team of educators will also be able to communicate with families to be able to advocate for play and explain more effectively as to what is going on and how to approach behaviors and all that stuff too. And that's what's wrong with our higher education system. It's all theory. And so when a teacher comes in to the field, there's not a lot of practicum. There's a little bit, but not really. And I love that, that you just said that, because that's what I think that is when I connect with directors, like that's what's missing is the implementation of things and how to like, how to try something different in a classroom or be consistent with Yeah, people. that comes from my experience too, from going through getting my ECE yeah. diploma and then going through the practicums and then being put into a classroom. So it's, yeah. I went through it all too and going, oh gosh, that was overwhelming. Like when I learned about sensory processing, I was like, why wasn't I taught about this in school? Like, why wasn't I taught about this? I know. Like, it's so important. Yeah. I, and my research, so my daughter has kind of, she's 20 now. She's not little anymore. Through the years, has just struggled with all her things that she has. And then mental health. And she's very open about it. And that's why I can mm -hmm. talk about it. And, and so we have been connecting mental health with sensory. And so oh, yeah. when she gets the rough side of, of Velcro, 
like she used to have that on the back of her notebooks and oh. all the, yeah, there was just so many different things. And it's, I agree with you. I wish that sensory would be more of a focus in class yeah. at any age. Cause I think that would be so helpful. Yeah. I love that. I really do. And so if people want to connect with you and purchase your class, which I think they should, because this is amazing as a director, where do you go to get it? You typically, we just go, like you said, take the class and then that's it. But to get all these tools, I think is so beneficial, especially now with no time that we have, how important it is right now to really be supporting the teachers on these topics yep. because we've talked about the behaviors are here and children need different support sometimes. And like, why not right out of the gate, kick it yes. off with, with help and then continue that conversation all year throughout your professional development. So mm -hmm. I loved everything you're sharing. I do. I think it's so great. Mm -hmm. I love connecting with you. And so I hope that you are listening to this or watching us and go to his website. It's been up on the screen, cultivatingconfidence.ca. And is there anything else you want to share with us about your program? Oh, I guess if you have any questions about it, just reach out and ask if you need to know if it's the right fit for you, like we can work through that. But yes, yeah, so there's a whole page on like the best spot for directors to go would be for the four teams page. You'll see it in the menu, just yeah, head way there and you'll see all those free resources. Like I just put together the new team professional development planning guide. So it'll walk you through how to plan out three months of professional development at a time. Plus there's that earlier starter kit I was talking about. And then you would see the digital PD library there for when you're ready to invest in professional development as well. So Excellent. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> I'm on TikTok too. I just went on there, but yeah. Yeah, I'm trying TikTok. But in the show notes of this, I will have all the links to all your social media accounts and your website. So it's super easy to find you. And I would love if you're listening to this and you connect with Veronica in her classes, let us know. We'd love to know too, because we're we're taking them too. So nice. Veronica, thank you so much for joining me. I love talking to you. Your story is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so amazing in early ed, the consultants I've been coming across with always have this great stories coming into early ed and, and your story is so beneficial to all the different pieces of being a director or a teacher. I'm so glad that we crossed paths. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be on here. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Thank you again. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you soon. All right. So that's going to be it. Good. <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited to share this. I think people are absolutely going to love it. Good. I'm that, that's what I'm hearing from my group that it's that just the behaviors and all the things. And, yeah. and I think they're really gonna like it. They're super excited to connect with you next week. No good. I'm yeah. glad too. I'm excited yeah. for it. Yeah. My directors are too. And my directors are actually going to go through your website and t and pick a class and try it and do it with them. Nice. I have a team of 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So through yeah. the professional development library. Yep. They're going to try yeah. it. Yep. We were talking about you because I didn't know I'm, I don't have an early ed background, right? I've been here 18 years, but I don't have the background and I, I have my degree in speech and language pathology, but I went into corporate banking. So I'm a business person. <laughs> Fast experience. Yeah. I do. But to tell you the truth, my daughter brought it all together just like yeah. you. Yeah. And I'm like, when I had read before about your loose parts, I'm like, what the heck is loose parts? And then I had, and then I figured it out. <laughs>
Yeah. It's stuff that you've already been using. Yes. It's just, there's a theory behind it. And it's really important to know what that theory is. Otherwise, so a lot of educators get frustrated with it. It's usually the dumping, the transporting, but I'm like, that has to happen for loose parts play. Like it's not just the materials, it's the theory behind it. That's actually the most important. Yeah. And yeah. I don't really, I don't think I got to really talk about it, but for loose parts play for me, it actually gave me more time. Oh, it did. And it brought my creativity back and it allowed me to let it go. <laughs> and oh, just, right. Yeah. We had so much more calm in our day as yep. well. There's a whole bunch of connections between loose parts play and sensory processing wow. and how we can be proactive with it as well. That's like a whole yeah. topic in itself, but yeah, there's oh, so much. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. All right. So I will, this is going to go up the 25th that week and I'll email you when it goes live and it will go like on Monday or Tuesday, it'll go on my podcast. And then at the end of the week, usually Fridays, I upload it to YouTube. Okay. And then it'll just be put in this cycle Yeah. Of, of things. Are you doing the leadership lounge again? I've reached out to Beth. So yeah. as soon as I saw she post the dates, I was like, sent an email. I'm like, Hey, yeah. I'd like to talk to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What else are you, are you in any other conferences like that? I did a few months ago. Oh, I'm going to be a speaker for in here in Canada for Peel County for an organization but I'm still trying to get some more stuff going. I have to be very careful about how much I book live with our son just because it's really hard on him if I am gone. So that's why I'm trying to do the more passive stuff where someone yep. can just buy something off my website. Yep. And that just, that's what I'm trying to build up more so that I don't have to be out of the house like me too. All the time. I can't go and do the three workshops a week or even yeah. a month. I, I can't do that. I can do like one. That's it. Even <laughs> so. that would be hard. My daughter was so hard to leave. I couldn't really leave her. And then, and now I take care of my father and, and me and my husband. And it's just, oh my gosh, I can't go away either. It's so hard. Yeah. So I love that. Like with my membership, I love that. Like that I can just teach classes or yeah. I'd rather be at home doing this. Well, I'd love people. But yeah. It's hard to away. I enjoy the online. I love in-person. I'm going to try to do an in-person one here in Winnipeg in October, but I do love the online and I'm really trying to use my tech abilities to figure out how to make them more interactive. And, yes. and so I've really started to do that a lot more and I'm really enjoying them online. Plus then I get a bigger audience. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So I will, I will connect with you next week. Next week is a zoom link though. I'll send you that yeah. if I haven't already sent that. No, you haven't sent it yet. Okay. No. I think I just created them the other day. Okay, so I'm going to update my for Teams page and professional development library page before the 25th. Just okay. to make sure it's all yes. good to go. I hear you. Because there's some gaps along the way. <laughs> so Believe me, I hear you. <laughs> I'll get it all sorted. But yeah, that sounds wonderful. Excellent. It's nice okay. talking to you. You too. And I'll see you next week. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you know another Child Care Center director who might benefit from listening, please share the link to my podcast. I love connecting with directors and sharing business tips to make their lives easier. The show notes below have all the links from the podcast and my social media connections. I'd love you to tell me how I'm doing by rating the show or leaving a comment. Hope you have a great day and I'll be cheering you on.